Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry of Lake Mount Worship Center, and we are on a mission to connect young adults to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We meet every Monday night at 7 p.m., and we'd love to have you join us. You can find more information on our socials, but in the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message for this week. What are we listening to right now? The garden. It's good. That's deep. Good picks. <laughs> We're in the garden. Is that what he's saying? All right. Who's singing it? Do y'all hear that? Ollie. Olive. Ollie, are you lying to me? Is it Ollie or Olive? Ollie. See, I can get led astray so quickly. This is really sticky. All right. Okay, so we got a weird setup here. So I'm going to come this way. I'll repaint the platform later. All right, how are you guys doing? It's good, right? Exams? Who's done exams? Okay, like not graduated, never have an exam again. Like you finished them this week. Who's going to be done next week? And you're here living on a prayer. Yep. Okay, God bless you all. Study well. Because God will bless what's in your mind. Okay? All right. We have been talking about faith and how it works in us, how it sets an atmosphere, our response to it. Um, But I just wanted to encourage you tonight. We were talking about faith in the car, Pastor Matt and I. I don't call him Pastor Matt when we're in the car, though, just so you know. We were talking about faith and thought it was important that you know that faith isn't a feeling. That faith is the substance of things that we can't see. The substance being what we walk out. The substance being, I believe, though I haven't yet received, I understand that there is a promise, there is a person, there is a reward for my belief. Okay, sometimes I think... In the charismatic circle, we talk about faith, and we mean a charismatic response to the presence of the Lord, and that's not always faith. That is a response to the presence of the Lord, where if you're more of a feeler and you feel the presence of God, you want to engage back. But faith is the substance of what I've hoped for. It's it's a thing that I hold on to. So faith has been like a real journey for me growing up in the church and moving all the way through faith and then um, coming into faith with God when I was like 17, but then enduring lots of hardship in my 30s with our family experience and heartache and loss, that faith actually became not just what I, like, okay, Jesus is this concept, it became an anchor for me. Faith became, I believe, no matter what, whether I feel it or not. So I'm going to be honest in this room. For 10 years, I didn't feel much from God. Like, there wasn't like, ooh, Jesus is in the room. I got it. Ooh, that's nice. There wasn't any of that for me where before it was. But for me, faith took on a different face. It took on, no, I believe in this substance that I yet to see. It became a walk of faithfulness because of the character of God. So I just want to encourage you that if you're not much of a feeler in this room, that doesn't mean your faith is diminished by any capacity. That means it's equal. It's equal. When you're a feeler, you can feel the presence of God sometimes differently, but an understanding baseline is you are the apple of God's eye, and I know that. I cannot be moved from this standard. That's good faith. 
Okay, that is not easily shaken faith. So I just want to put that out in the room because I think it's important that in a charismatic setting, when we say, you know, you can feel God, that if you're not like, whoo, I got the shivers in my, what are these called? Hairs on your arms, they're standing up. Goosebumps. Thank you. There's words for everything, but sometimes they, whoo. All right. If you don't feel that, that doesn't mean God's not with you. He's always with you, and he never changes. So you can hang on to that reassurance deep inside. I'm the apple of his eye. I got his attention anyway. Okay? So we're going to jump into the word tonight, okay? We're going to talk about a wee little man, which I'm sure every guy would love to be described as that. Zacchaeus. All right. Zacchaeus is brought to us in the New Testament in the Gospels in Luke uh, 19. And we're going to talk about Zacchaeus because he had faith. And his faith looked different than some of the other faith experiences that we've talked about. So we want to engage with faith. But again, I'm just going to share my testimony. Grew up in the church. But I didn't really feel God. I wasn't like, "Mm, yep, I get what everybody's talking about. I understand. I had lots of questions, no answers. I feel bad for my Sunday school teachers. They had a really hard time because I need to know why for everything. I'm like, ah, just tell me why and then I'll do it. If you got no why, I, I can't do it. So my poor Sunday school teachers were like, could you just take her home? She's hyper and she asks a lot of questions and... We don't get her. So grew up with that, and then I had a season where I fell away from the Lord because I was just like, I don't understand. I don't feel you. I don't. I I, Yeah, we all know what happens up here, right? Okay, I don't know you. I feel like you don't know me. This doesn't feel like what everybody talks about. So I didn't have that experience, so I was like, eh, I'm out. Okay, I don't encourage that, by the way. It was not a great couple of years doing your own thing and striving in your own flesh. Because guess what? We're all made in the image of God. So you're made to find your creator. And while you're wandering, yes, his eyes are on you. Yes, he's keeping you. But you can make some stupid mistakes that you feel for the rest of your life sometimes (laughs) as a consequence. Or just, man, I wish I would have gave that to God. I wish there can be some regrets in there. Okay, so if you are in a season where you're feeling the distance of God and can't figure him out, don't wander from his house. If you want to find him, stay put. He'll find you. Just keep showing up, okay? Just want to encourage you. So I was looking for Jesus, and I didn't realize that Jesus was looking for me at the same time. So I came back to the Lord when I was 17 had an encounter with the Lord that I actually felt his presence. I understood the word. I got filled with the Holy Spirit all in one moment. It was a road to Damascus experience for me because it was one way going to bed and another woman on the way out of her bedroom the next morning. I was like, I don't even know who I am anymore. We're going to have to fill this in, Lord. (laughs) Okay. I also was a girl who wanted to be like a CEO, boss girl, tell everybody what to do. It's still my nature. That's why you have children. So you can boss them around, and then they leave, and you're like, now what do I do? I should go get a job. Okay. Anyway, that was my name. I I love to work. I love to save money. I like to be in charge. I like to tell people what to do. I like to problem solve. That kind of my nature was out here, and God was like, yeah, I'm going to refine that nature. I'm going to heal you. Not that that's a bad thing. If that's like what you're going after, that doesn't mean that it's not God-given. That's a talent and ability. But God was going to take my heart and refine it. And in the refining, I felt called into ministry. I was like, whew, okay, that's different. That's like no money. Um, And a lot of trust and a lot of people that I can't boss around going to have to love them and lay down my life. Like, this is the exact opposite of what I wanted, but okay, refine me. Well, here comes 
the promise of refining. Okay, so my calling into the kingdom was I want you to love my people and build my church. I was like, okay, let's do that. So when God calls us, when he finds us, he gives you purpose. Okay, it fills in your faith. The purpose and the faith go together. You don't have faith for no reason. You have it for an outworking. Okay, so, um, yep. He also, I actually never wanted, I thought, in my stupidity and young years, that I didn't want kids and I didn't want a family and I didn't want to be married. But then again, those are the people you can boss around, right? No, I'm just kidding. It was never like a desire. I didn't like, eh. And then when I got saved, I was like, ooh, I think I'm going to need a partner in life. Yep, cutie Matt came in. Pastor Matt. Sorry, babe. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay, so entree the man, I was like, ooh, this is softening a part of me that I didn't know needed to be alive, okay? I also didn't want children when I was younger. I thought they were cute, but like in five-minute bursts, now go home. I don't want to be responsible for you. I just want to go make money. God refined all of it, and I was like, ooh, I would have 18 children if God would allow. Like, I loved the chaos. I loved the stories. I loved the management of all of the noise. When Matt would go away for weekend, I would have a house full of children, and it was just glorious. I was like, when you think back to who you were before Jesus and before you encountered him, before he refined your heart, There's like this other person that you're like, man, God, you've been doing so much work that when I was made in your image, you were giving me purpose and plan all the way along. And I just want to encourage you that he never lifts that off you. There, Thank God you can be in just agreement with me. He never lifts off the refinement out of our hearts because he's always refining who we are in his image and calling us deeper into our faith walk with him. So, yep, that was my testimony. And I'm telling you that because with our encounter with Jesus, we need to let faith change us. We don't take our old selves in and remain stubborn and stagnant. We take our faith in and we say, could you mold this? Could you take my heart? Could you take my mind? Could you take my will? Could you take my soul? And could you refine it all so that it looks like the plan and purpose that you designed for me? why you actually breathed me into existence. Could you just help me submit to that? So when we change our views, we change our identity. We change our desires. We change our source. And we change our beliefs when Jesus comes. Oh, man, you guys are cricketing again tonight. We've talked about this. All right, so tonight I believe, I just feel like the Holy Spirit is in this room to bring a release from our old self and convince us of who we are in Christ, that when we invite Jesus in, Holy Spirit has full rule and reign to do that. Sometimes we come into belief about God, but we forget that there's a release of our old self that needs to go, okay? And tonight I'm believing for that. And it's through the story of Zacchaeus. Okay? So in Luke 19, verses 1 to 10, I'm just going to read you the story of Zacchaeus finding Jesus. Okay? So it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Now let's just all get our giggles out right there. That's hilarious, right? Okay, (laughs) so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, 
come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Thanks, peeps. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Okay, so Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector, which means he's a big shot. He's not just a tax collector. He's the guy that is like next to the guy making the rules. So why we don't like tax collectors in the New Testament or anytime? We still don't like tax collectors, do we? Okay, well, back in this time, they were excessive amounts of taxes that the Romans were putting on the people. They were like, here, Jews, you can pay what you can't actually afford. And they sent the tax collectors to collect money that they didn't have. And it was excessive amounts. There was actually no need for it because the Roman Empire was thriving. Okay? They didn't need to be taking all this money. They could have lowered the taxes so people could thrive. But who wants to talk politics anyway? Still happening today. Okay? But Zacchaeus was known as that guy. So if you could put a revenue agency guy in here and be like, <laughs> you want to be best friends? And he's like, I want more money from you. And you have to give it to him. That's the guy that everybody hated. It's Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus is not just a chief tax collector. He's also short. No friends. Short. Okay, I'll skip over this part. You're all reading me though, right? Okay. He, what? He's chirping me from the front. All right. So he's hated because he takes excessive amounts of money. So he's at a disadvantage because he's hated, which means he has no community, which means he has no belonging. Okay, we often don't see the other side of being the bully. The bully has no community, no belonging, no sense of purpose, truly. They thrive off something that is false. So no belonging for Zacchaeus. So he's short, he's at a physical disadvantage to see Jesus. We'll stay there. And then he has a reputation of being greedy. So this guy's got all accounts against him. As Jesus is approaching, he's like, ooh, I've heard about this guy. I'm going to run ahead. Okay, let's all just picture the little wee little man running ahead. That's his soundtrack. Okay. Gets up a tree so he can, he's like, I know Jesus' flight path is over to here. I'm going to sit in this tree so I can actually catch a glimpse of this guy. That he, stop, Jacob. He is anticipating, who is this guy? He's a Roman. He's not Jewish. He's not of the same belief. He's Roman. And he works for a totally different kingdom. Okay, he sees Jesus and he's like, I don't understand, but I'm sensing something. I need to run ahead and get in this tree so I can catch a glimpse. Okay, so my first point about Zacchaeus and applicable to our lives is be seen by Jesus. Okay, make every effort to be seen by Jesus. Whatever your disadvantages have been in life, they don't need to be in the future. Be seen by Jesus. Make a way to be seen by him. Zacchaeus is booting it out of all inconvenience. These people aren't going to let me see him because they don't like me. So I'm going to boot ahead and find my own way to find him. So stop thinking about the crowd. The crowd mentality will keep you from an intimate encounter with the Lord. 
Okay, run ahead. Get up the tree. Whatever you need to climb over, get onto it so that you can see Jesus. Be seen. Okay, the story is about Zacchaeus. He's curious, he's wealthy, he's successful, and he's in pursuit to be seen by Jesus. Okay, in the text, Zacchaeus refuses to let his reputation, his appearance, or his identity and his status hold him back. Okay, when I say any of those things, do those things qualify in your life when you put Jesus into account? Do you put your identity, your your success, your reputation, your appearance, things that people would say about you, your position in life, do you put any of it ahead of being seen by Jesus? Because Zacchaeus was like, I'm done with this. I just need to be seen by Jesus. I don't care what people think anymore. And we need to come to that place in our faith where we're like, okay, so I'm successful, but I don't need to be greedy. I need to lay that part down. I need to let my identity be in Jesus. I need to let my appearance take a hot minute to the back seat of Jesus. I need to let my success be marked by Jesus. I need him to see me. And those things are more important than being held back from Jesus. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and find me. And when you seek me with all, oh, sorry, there was no comma in there. I added the comma, so I'm going to start again. Okay, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. All your heart. Okay, sometimes we don't get to see Jesus all the time because we're concerned about other things. Okay, we've talked about our heart. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life, and every issue is going to flow out of it. Okay, every issue is going to flow out of it. How people see me, my worries, my cares, my concerns, my past, my present, my future, it's all going to flow out of my heart. My judgments, my shames, my every joy, every sorrow, it's going to come out of my heart. So watch over it with all due diligence. Okay, when you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. A whole heart can find Jesus. A heart that wants to be seen by Jesus will find him. It'll press in and forget the other things and go, those things haven't filled up my heart. They've emptied it. But today I'm choosing to be full. I'm choosing to seek him. So what are, you know, go I ask questions, right? This is just what you have to do. So if you're taking notes, this is what you're writing down. And if you're on your iPhone, you're just on your iPhone on the notes page or a Google Docs. What else? That's about it. Don't go anywhere else. I'm watching you. Okay. What are the reasons or excuses that we could agree with Zacchaeus for holding back on? So what I'm asking you to do is, what are the reasons Zacchaeus used, and are any of those applicable to you? When we don't seek Jesus, when we don't run ahead, when we put him in second place, when our desire isn't run up the tree to find desperation, I want to be seen by him. What are the excuses that we have that are there like Zacchaeus? Is it greed? Lack of time? My job's too important? My appearance, my insecurities, my fears, my success. I'm unwilling to let go of any of this for Jesus. Is there anything in there that you need to reflect on that's more important than being seen by Jesus? Okay. What's the reasons that you get held back? Friends? Family? career. Just so you know, Zacchaeus, when he climbed the tree, and then Jesus was like, get down here. 
that encounter of being seen was about to change everything for him. Occupation, greed, his heart, his future, his community. It was about to change everything. Okay, so what are the things that you're aware of that hold you back? Because there's a feeling when God's in the room and you're like, hmm, I'm going to let this thing be Lord. I'm going to let that girl or that guy or my phone or my job or my family or my appearance or my reputation, it's going out front. I'd rather have that than be seen by God. Okay, what are those things? Second thing, Zacchaeus responds with joy in our text and is released from shame. Okay, it says in the text, it says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Responding to Jesus releases Zacchaeus from shame. He's glad to respond to him. He's like, ah, this guy speaks and I feel free. Okay, if we're talking about the chief tax collector who's greedy, we don't often think of gladness right in the next breath. Right? Greed doesn't make you happy. Makes you miserable. Okay? He responds to Jesus immediately is glad. That's probably a new emotion for him. This guy sees me. This is so cool. Okay? He responds to Jesus' invitation by coming to him and letting him in with gladness. Zacchaeus also had to let Jesus see him and be seen. There's a permission granted. Okay. Coming in glad. You saw me. I'm responding. I'm acknowledging. Okay? In your process with God, letting go of the me or us to become like him is where we are released from shame and where we embrace faith. It's not always this, I fell on the floor and I shook for five hours. It's letting go of me to embrace him that releases you from shame where you embrace faith. I'm laying down me to embrace him. I'm getting the fullness of that reward. Okay, Zacchaeus does this beautifully in this verse. So when we receive faith, things that shame us, that were tied to us, break. Because we're saying you're more important. You're what I see, and you're seeing me. I'm leaving this, and I'm letting this encounter happen. Again, it's not falling on the floor, shaking. It can be. It can be a deliverance expression. It can be the power of God touching you because he comes with the Holy Spirit. So let's not isolate it to one thing. There are many ways that we will be seen and see Jesus, okay? But in the truest form of it, in your heart and in your mind, it's letting go of me to embrace him. It's really important that we grab that, that our nature and our character and our desire starts to come into his kingdom when we say yes to his way. All of a sudden, my desires are being formed by, you see me, you know me, I'm under your kingdom. My plans are shifting, and I'm not sure why, but it's because I'm under your kingdom. You're becoming what matters to me, and I'm leaving me and choosing you. Okay? The revelation of Jesus that Zacchaeus had, it requires him to be known by God. Why? Because shame and perfect love can't exist in the same breath. It can't. It can't. 
it can't, and it won't. Perfect love. Perfect love is standing in front of Zacchaeus, and he's like, get down here. With gladness, sir, because I've never seen perfect love in anyone's eyes. Why? Because he's always been greedy, miserable, and asking for himself. Jesus like, get down here, and he's like, yeah. Perfect love, casting out all fear. What's Zacchaeus used to? Rejection, anger, resentment, hatred. That's what he's used to seeing. And he sees something completely different from Jesus. And it releases all of the shame off of him. Like, whew, that's just a job that I did. But that's not who I am. I'm finding who I am in those eyes right now. Okay? And I just want to say that in this room, shame and perfect love are two different kingdoms. They're two different kingdoms. And we often engage in behaviors that create shame. And then we try to engage the kingdom of God where there's perfect love that casts out all fear and we have a battle going on within us. True? True. Okay, I'm going to say it for myself. It's true. We bring stuff into the holy of holies and we're like, oh, he couldn't love me that much. He knows exactly who I am. Yeah, he does. And he's still looking at you with the same eyes of perfect love saying, just give it to me. I'm going to help you. I'm going to release you. I'm going to bring you into a new identity. I'm going to create new purpose in you. I'm going to create new passions in you. And you're going to overflow with perfect love too because I'm the author of life. Okay, so I just want to encourage you that if you have been struggling with shame, and it is because of a cycle of behavior that the Holy Spirit is here tonight to break it off. Because awareness of the schemes that the enemy plays in your mind and in your heart and in your world, they can stop when you're aware. Oh, this behavior leads to me being entrapped. Well, why would I do that then? Because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. It's okay. My mind's just a little mushy tonight. Okay? He's greater in you than he that's in the world. So you can live in the freedom that he said you could have. Why? Because he's making you have the mind of Christ. Was Christ aware of the enemy? You bet he was. When he was out being led into temptation for 40 days, he knew who that was. Let's not play stupid. When he was being tempted, he knew how to respond. You have the same mind. You have the same mind. You have the spirit of freedom that lives inside of you. You have the mind of Christ. You have a spirit of wisdom that the Holy Spirit imparts in you. You can break shame because you're aware of the enemy's schemes. And you can go, not today. I know not to do that because that puts me into a stupid cycle where I don't feel free. I feel like I hate myself. I feel like I can't receive from the Lord. I don't want to read the word. And yet I have this longing and desire that's frustrated because it's innate in you. It's God-breathed and you won't ever get away from it. It will chase you for the rest of your life. So the best thing to do is lay the shame down and go, I'm going to live in the perfect love of God. And I'm going to be free. Okay? Zacchaeus chose shame-free living right in a moment. Right in a moment. Okay? So, that was 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. So, let me just say this for a quick. If you have a view of God that he is angry and punishing you, and that the way that he asks you to live is punishment, that needs to be redefined. And that has to do with shame. Okay, it could be how you were brought up that being a bad boy or a bad girl has to do with your behaviors. Okay, you want to fix that in God's presence. We live for the pleasure of God, and what we do and what we think and how we act 
brings about his smile. Yes, it does. But he loves you and you're the apple of his eye. When we get to please him with our attitudes, behaviors, and overflow, there's a greater sense of peace that comes because his perfect love can remain. Okay? There's no punishment there. Okay. It's good? All right. Question. The condition of your spirit affects the quality of your life. So, question, do you have an outlook of fear that is in need of surrender? Do I have an outlook of fear that's in need of surrender? Do I look at life or have fears that need to be surrendered? God. If you can release your fear to him, he can bring you into joy of being with him. There's a pleasure of being with Jesus. And it can be known by walking away from fear and shame. Okay? Third thing is encounter with Jesus changes everything. Okay, that should be a huge amen. Amen! Okay, Jesus opens an invitation to Zacchaeus to be known, and he's getting personal, and he's going to his house. Okay, again, put yourself in the story. Zacchaeus, the wee little guy that we hate, nobody goes to his house. He has no friends. He has no community. And all of a sudden, Jesus steps in. He's got a different outlook on life. He's glad to encounter Jesus, but then Jesus is like, I'm going to your house. Can you imagine the mind blow? Like, oh my gosh, Jesus is coming to my house. I haven't had a visitor ever. I don't even know if I have a chair for him. Okay, Jesus isn't waiting for perfection. He's coming in to your house. He's coming into your house, unprepared, let him in. Your response just needs to be, come, Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. In any area of my life, come. Come and encounter me. I'll receive you with gladness. Okay? Zacchaeus is moving in this statement where Jesus is saying, I'm coming to your house. He's moving from hearing and believing about Jesus to being a follower. Your huge yes to letting Jesus in is the difference between mental consent and outworking of faith taking root. You're coming to my house. That means I'm going to be known as the guy who walks with Jesus. All my neighbors are going to see Jesus at my house. Okay, controversial. Jesus is making a poop storm going to Zacchaeus' house. Just think about it. Zacchaeus the sinner, the robber, the thief, the wee little man. He's not a nice guy. Jesus is going to his house. Hmm. So wherever you've been in life, Just know that when Jesus is coming into your house, your reputation is about to change. Let Jesus deal with the poop storm. Jesus wants to take the poop storm for you. I'm not allowed to say poop, am I? I'm sorry. I might get fired. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We'll talk about it later. But seriously, let Jesus deal with the old you. Okay? Will there be conversations? Yes, because Zacchaeus was like, I'm going to pay back everybody four times what I owed them. I know that I've been a rotten scoundrel. Let Jesus help you. Jesus is going to reveal to you how to walk in a new way of living. Jesus didn't even say, Zacchaeus, you wee little man, you thief, you greedy little toad, you should pay back everybody what you stole from them. 
He doesn't say anything. Zacchaeus is like, there it is. Why? Because conviction comes with the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you don't have to tell people how to fix their lives. Jesus will. Trust him. Trust him. When you hear him trying to correct you, he's not trying to push you down. He's trying to exalt you. He's trying to get you free. Okay? So Zacchaeus is like, I'm going to pay them back four times. Okay, walk with God and let his pleasure and his ways make a way for you for a whole new living. Okay, your encounter with God matters. There'll be an outworking to it. If you just love the presence of God for the tingles, I would encourage you to go deeper than that. Revelation of God is not for the tingles. It's not. Sorry, is that funny? He's laughing at me. It's not, I'm saying funny things. Was that funny? Okay. The revelation of God is not for just tingles. Okay? You should be made aware of his presence, yes. But then what? What's happening in his presence? What is being made new? What is being made manifest? What's being refined? What's being skimmed off? What way am I walking out of here different? That's his presence. That's what it's for. Encounter makes you different. Okay? So what's the difference? Belief will give you purpose. Following will give you insight. Belief will give you purpose. Okay? An encounter with Jesus moves Zacchaeus into freedom and purpose. He's got both now. Before, he just had a purpose. I'm just going to steal from people and be awful. Now, he's got freedom and purpose, and it's a different assignment. So, check the assignment of God on your life. Is it for freedom? Because it was for freedom that Christ set you free. So, is the outworking of your life bringing freedom to you and to others? Because Zacchaeus, again, I'm going to pay back. Do you know how exciting that would have been to the people listening right beside them? We're getting four times back. Oh, my gosh. You know when you get a big tax return and you're like, yes! <laughs> Going to Florida on a swoop flight. Okay? They were all like, oh, my gosh, did you just hear that? Zacchaeus is giving us back our money, that stupid thief. I love Jesus. <laughs> He's such a good guy. Okay? They're... All going to be super excited, okay? But Zacchaeus, that's an outworking just happening in him. And pay these people back. It was for freedom. He's getting free by his actions. There are some things that God's going to ask you to do that might feel like a cost. But they're for your freedom. There's some places he might ask you not to go. Some things he might not want you to engage in. They're a cost but they're for your freedom. It's for encounter. It's for closeness. It's to be seen by him. Okay? Your faith will bring desire and purpose that will change you. It will make you unmovable because it's eternal. So build on truth because it's truth that sets us free. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Okay, Pastor Matt touched on this either yesterday or the week before. All my Sundays crashed together. But the power of the Holy Spirit, how phenomenal is the Holy Spirit? When we exclude him from our discipleship process, we exclude the comfort he brings. We exclude the truth that he brings. We exclude the counsel that he brings. We exclude the power and the might that he brings over every situation that we encounter when we just say, Holy Spirit, could you help me? Would you teach me? Would you lead me? Would you guide me right now? Because I can't do this on my own. Jesus sent you, and he thought that was better than him being here in the flesh. So I'm going to depend on you right now to teach me. He's brilliant at life. Okay? Let him help you. Let him counsel you. Build on him. Okay? Keep building even when it's hard. 
Again, imagine Zacchaeus. Do you think it was hard for him to turn that boat around? Yep. Meeting Jesus was a moment. Building was a lifetime. He was continually fighting that reputation. Aren't you the wee little greedy guy? I was. Yes. But I'm not anymore. Okay? Keep building with him. Even when it's hard. There have been moments and seasons in my life that have been so hard. But I've held on to the promise and the calling. The encounter of, I want you to love my people, and I want you to build my church. Okay, that's the essentials. Whatever else is swirling around me right now is a distraction. And I need to hold fast with faith to the original purpose. Even when it's hard. Okay? Do not let hardship or past experiences or past reputation deter you from what God has for you in the future. Zacchaeus had an encounter with God that changed him for his, the rest of his life. And so all we have. Just how much are we going to let it change us? Because there's more for you than... I just lifted my hands, and I read my Bible, never, and I come to church on a Sunday, and I have a few Christian friends. There's more for you. There's purpose. There's destiny. There's calling. Not everyone is called to full-time ministry, but you are called, you are chosen, you're anointed, and you're gifted to be salt and light in this world. That's your purpose. That's your original intent, and again, it's God-breathed. It won't go away. So embrace it and learn how to run with it. I'm going to ask for the worship team to come back. Okay. So I want you to, again, question. Ask Jesus to reveal his plan and his purpose for you. So not what everybody else has said. Not what everybody else thinks. Ask him what his purpose is for you. I was this. Is that what you want to bless? Or is there anything I need a revelation on? That's from your eyes. That's from your face. It's from the throne room. Is there anything there that I need a revelation on? Okay. Revelation comes from the spirit of God. So again, ask him to lead you beyond your normal living. So beyond going, okay, so if this is your normal morning, I get up, I go to the shower, I check my Instagram, I'm on there for a half an hour, then I'm late for work, so I drive to Tim Hortons, I get a bagel and a coffee, I show up. Right there, just stop. If that's your normal work day, if that's normal, ask for a revelation. God, what do you want my morning to look like? What if you go into Tim Hortons and you sit with someone there because you gave yourself an extra 45 minutes and you speak an encouragement to somebody or that you tell them about Jesus or you just make a friend? Like, did you know that we're like the loneliest people on the planet? Be Jesus to somebody. Let them encounter love through your eyes. Make full eye contact. Just change your morning. Change anything about your regular and let God into it and get a revelation of, is this better? Yeah, because I feel a little life in me. I feel his purpose in me. You're not meant to be a robot and go through your life. You're meant to have life and life to the full. That's John 10.10. You were made for life and life to the full. And fullness doesn't mean roses and happiness all day long. It means I'm full of purpose. I'm full of revelation. I'm full of love. I'm full of the power of God. And that gives your life the fullness. Okay? It is good. You're right. Okay?
Here's another thing you can ask him for. Ask him for his kingdom thoughts for you. Just you. What in the kingdom have you made me for? Is it to be an encourager? Is it to be a generous one? Is it to go on a missions trip? Is it to be called into ministry? Is it to be a doctor that brings godly revelation and healing through my hands? Is it to be an outstanding dad who raises kids in the kingdom that cannot be shaken? What has God given to you through the kingdom? It's really important to know. Okay? Don't give up in the transformation. Transformation hurts, you guys. I'm just being real. When we don't count the cost, when we are unaware, when we walk into something and it's painful, we're like, Jesus must not be here because he's not pain. Oh, okay. Have you ever heard of him being a refiner? You can nod. A refiner. Do you know what a refiner does with metals? Puts metals into a container and holds them over a fire. If you're the metals, which you are in this story, I'm a hunk of metal. (laughs) You boil. You melt. You take on a different form. And then the refiner... The entire time, P.S., is holding you. Very aware of when what comes to the top that needs to come to the top, he's right there to get it. He's not going to let you sit there unneedfully. He's going to be very present. It's a long process. It's a painful process. But he's right there. He's attentive to the need of, oop, there it is. That's what I wanted out. Now you're going to take on what I wanted you to, what I destined you for, what I breathed you into existence for. Let the transformation happen. Don't push it away. Let him into it and say, what are you doing? What are you refining? What are you making beautiful in me? What are you causing to die where your glory needs to be? What needs to awaken where I'm going to have gladness? It feels like an old me died, but I'm going to have gladness on the other side of the refining. Okay? Let the transformation come. Don't give up. Stay close to him. So tonight I want to pray into these three things. That there may be some of you in this room that tonight you're actually needing salvation. You need an encounter with the saving grace of Jesus. Like, I've heard of you, but I'm running for that tree. I want to be seen by you tonight. And tonight you're in a room full of people that have made the same decision because we've all felt the tug of the Holy Spirit go, you're mine. I bought you with a price and I formed you and I made you with a purpose and I want to breathe my plans and I want to put my love on you and I want to shape your life for my kingdom's purpose. And tonight, I just want to say, if you're in this room and you need an encounter with God that's at a salvation experience where you're believing and you're confessing need to coincide, tonight, I, I just want to meet you over here tonight, if that's you. So I'm Lisa. And you're going to meet me over here if you're just like, I actually just want to get to know this Jesus. I'm the Zacchaeus in this tonight. And I want to be seen by him. I want to be known by him tonight. And then the second thing is, you guys can stand. Sorry. We receive better when we stand, don't you think? Okay, tonight I'm believing and knowing that the Holy Spirit is in this room to reveal truth And when truth comes, it sets us free. So I am believing tonight, and I know that you are too, that shame is leaving. There's a conscious awareness of the enemy's schemes that you are actually running. Ooh, that happens to me. This is where I get tripped up. I'm made aware because the Holy Spirit is counseling you. He's leading you into truth. So tonight, if that's you, 
you guys can all close your eyes. And we've all been caught in shame, so there's no shame in raising your hands for this. But I actually just want you to put out your hands and receive some freedom tonight. That there's freedom from shame in the things that we do and have done. So Holy Spirit, I ask that tonight, right now, that you would come as in the spirit of counsel and wisdom and truth. And Father, that you would break tonight shame that has held back and literally caged in destiny and purpose. God, I thank you that tonight your heart for these ones in this room is to bring about your kingdom purpose. It's about to bring your kingdom plans. It's about to bring your freedom and your way of living and your deep love that sets us free. So, Father, I ask tonight where shame has had a playground in our minds and in our hearts and an outworking of our destiny, God, I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would break it in the name of Jesus. Father, we say that we submit and we repent for our unbelieving ways that have caused us to believe in the power of ourselves or the world more than you. So God, we just say that we come under your kingdom. We come under your authority. We come into the fullness of your perfect love And Father, I thank you that you are chasing out fear right now, fear that causes us to go back, fear that causes us to retreat, fear that causes us to continue a cycle that you did not make us for. God, we say that tonight you are in control. Give us your mind. Give us your thoughts. Give us your ways tonight, Holy Spirit. We welcome you into our minds, our hearts, and our spirits. And then the third thing I want to pray into is some of you tonight, there's a change of identity happening. You're actually going to confess something different leaving this room. For Zacchaeus, it was I was a chief, greedy, tax collector, short guy with no friends, no community. I didn't belong And tonight, there is some belief that shifts tonight in your identity. And God wants to speak something different over you tonight. God actually wants to release the truth by his Holy Spirit over you that the things that you're confessing and believing change tonight in your spirit and in your mind. That the outworking is, I am a sinner saved by God's grace and now I am a saint. I am a Bible-believing, Jesus-loving, Holy Spirit-filled believer who has a plan and a destiny, and God has never taken his eyes off me. And what he said, I believe. And what he promises, I'm living for. And I am in his kingdom, and I am not just there, but I am thriving in his promises and purpose. And so today, I just declare over you that identity that needs to shift is shifting, that you are no longer known by the world's ways. You're known by, the, by God's ways. You're known by his voice, what he says. Zacchaeus became a free man who became generous on all occasions. He gave back, shifted everything. And tonight there are some of you that your identity is shifting and you need to embrace it. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak a better word tonight. What has been, what we've leaned into for reputation, what is what we have been known by, God, I ask that you would define it tonight, that we would be ones that are defined by your word and defined by your voice and defined by why you gave us life and why you purposed us to be here. God, I ask that your purpose now would fill this room. Whew. Yeah, I just, I keep seeing these like boxes come down and they're gifts for you guys. And I'm a picture person, so just go with this. If you're not a picture person, just receive the wisdom of it is God is giving gifts in this room tonight. And they are gifts of shame-free living that you could see your story differently. 
their gifts of new identity. They're things that you need to say over yourself that are new. And they're going to feel weird to say. And they're going to feel a little bit like prideful, but they're not. They're in agreement with the kingdom of what he actually called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, of course, they sound grandiose. (laughs) Of course, they sound amazing. Of course, they sound other than. They're of his kingdom. Thanks for listening to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. For more information, please visit us at lakemount.ca or follow us on Instagram at lakemountya. Have an amazing week and we hope to see you soon.